Welcome to Film to Screen, where Katie and Astrid and we talk about movies, TV shows, and anything we're currently obsessed with. And today, we're talking about Werewolf by Night. Spooky. <laughs> Any initial thoughts before we get into it? So one, it was, because this was rumored about for a while, and people leading up to last month so september people didn't really know if didn't weren't even sure if it was actually a thing or not because it was only like rumored speculate speculating so it's funny it was like marvel announced it and was like here's the trailer here's who's in it here's who directed it and it comes out in less than a month so they just like Mm -hmm. it's like what yeah so they announced it at d23 and we're like what yeah huh less than a month okay um okay well yeah because like we had a feeling it might happen but they never said anything officially until d23 yeah. and we're like oh it's happening oh, yeah okay um cool so and like yeah where there's a group in the comics called the midnight suns i think and we have two of the characters in that so before it was announced we had two of the characters in that group in the MCU, like seen in the MCU, one was a voice cameo in the MCU, whose movie that's fun, but what we know that what Blade. Oh yeah, Blade. So oh, we so know he's a part of Bla- Midnight Suns. I believe so. Okay. And then World of Night, it's kind of connected to that too. So it's like you can kind of see they're going a little, they're kind of going there a little bit. So it's like. Are they actually doing it or not? Yeah. Well, uh, they did it. Yeah. So. Okay, so Werewolf by Night is the Marvel television special directed and scored, let I say, uh, by Michael Giacchino. You know, we know him as mainly a composer. He's worked on the Ratatouille soundtrack, Up, Coco. He actually had, like, Fun fact, the conductor uh, in Coco, like, um, is based off of Michael Giacchino, which he was the composer of that soundtrack, so that's pretty cool. But yeah, you mainly know him as a composer, and so this is his directorial debut. Another movie you forgot to mention that he, that he composed and scored was, and personally is one of the one of my favorite scores that he's done, Inside Out. That's my bad. Sorry about that. I'm not the and he's done a lot of like, fans, so. and he's done like a lot of other non Pixar, but and he's also done Marvel. Like the opening music you hear in the title sequence, which I think started after Doctor Strange, is composed by him. Yeah. So. Yeah. So this is his directorial debut, and I think he did a great job with this. No. Well, yeah. Was... That, was, that was the one thing was like. A composer's directing this horror yeah. TV special? How is like how is that gonna go? Like that's not Yeah, so I remember when they announced this and I was like, Giacchino? Like the composer? Yeah. yeah. I remember being a little flustered. I was like, huh? So Werewolf by Night is based on the Marvel comics featuring the character of the same name. It is the first Marvel Studios special presentation in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Is the uh, Guardians holiday special also going to be a special presentation? I'm not it is sure. A special. 
I'm assuming it will be, but yeah, that's kind of, that's weird because I'm assuming it will be. Okay. I mean, we'll see it in will like be. two months when it releases. We, don't, we still don't know when we that's going to be out. We know it's December, at least. Roughly. Yeah, yeah around the holidays. It, it's weird because we don't have any official images from it. We don't have a trailer. We kind of know who's in it. And there's toys out already for it. Oh, I didn't know there were toys. I've seen a Lego set for it. I've seen Funko Pops for it. And I'm like, that's... Like, it's it's weird because it's two months away. So it's like... It's weird because there's so much Marvel stuff. They're holding some of it back late yeah. to release later than normal because it may reveal stuff because the next actual marvel movie comes out in less than a, like about a month which is wakanda forever yes and the next one after that's only like three months after it so we're four months out from the the second to next marvel movie and we nothing for yeah. it yeah really like we know the name we know who's in it and like that and like Rumors about from like D twenty three and um, Comic Con and stuff. Yep. So this special follows a secret group of monster hunters as they compete for a powerful relic while going up against a dangerous monster. A dangerous monster. A dangerous monster. <laughs> we, we get to learn this dangerous monster. He's not really dangerous. Spoiler alert. I mean, he is if he wants to be. Oh no! Yeah. That's a fun. <laughs> that's a fun power. Yeah, uh, I kind of want that power. So no, the special yeah, that'll be fun. Oh, take down all my enemies. I don't have any enemies, but if I did, I would use that power. No, so, it, it doesn't. You don't have to be enemies with the person. That's true. I guess so, but I wouldn't want to hurt like a friend. Yeah. Anyway, so the special starts <laughs> with a black and white Marvel opening. So it's the normal Marvel opening, but it's black and white with spooky, spooky music in the background. And one thing people I saw, they added Moon Knight, who's a part of Moon Knight Suns, into a part of the one of the letters, which is I didn't cool. know that. Which letter do you know? It's the R, and it's kind of in a weird. It's not oh. like you can't see it dead on, but it's like kind of on the curve oh. of the R on the inside. I didn't know that. That's yeah. pretty cool. So following the death of Ulysses Bloodstone, five experienced monster hunters, including Jack Russell, you know, like the name of the dog breed, like a uh, Jack Russell Terrier, <laughs> are summoned by Ulysses' widow, Verusa, a blood, to Bloodstone Manor, where they are instructed to participate in a competitive hunt to determine their new leader, who will wield the powerful Bloodstone. Ulysses' estranged daughter, Elsa, also arrives to compete for the Bloodstone, despite Verusa warning her against doing so. And Verusa tells Elsa that she is her father's greatest disappointment of his life. That's not fun. Yeah. Uh, and so this whole film is black and white, except for the Bloodstone, which is a deep, dark red. And Look, I it's dark. Like, it's dark. I think it, it's a dark enough red where you can't initially tell and then you like mm -hmm. slightly see red popping out of it in some moments. It's kind of what happened with me. I was like, oh, it's very dark, deep red. I loved it. 
So the hunt begins in a large maze on the grounds of the manor with a captured monster that has been implanted with a bloodstone. Elsa is attacked by one of the hunters since this competition is free range. So basically, you can attack anyone you want. Elsa finds footprints that belong to the monster. The footprints have steam coming up from them, and it kind of gives us a glance or a glimpse of what the monster's power is. Yeah. Which we don't see it fully until a little later on. I can hear Yoki in the background. (laughs) He got up, so. Yeah, I kind of guessed. Elsa attacks another hunter by slicing his arm off before killing him by shooting him with a spear to the jaw. Jack finds the monster, who we find out his name is actually Ted. Kind of cute. You like a teddy bear. No, also the... So, the thing they're hunting is Man-Thing. And so, in... I could be wrong, like, with little details, but... So, Man-Thing in the comics is a person named Ted. And I believe it's trying to recreate the soup. Like, the serum for, that made Captain America Captain America. But ends up being targeted by AIM. And in, has it injected into him. And then he, like, crashes into a swamp and he becomes Man-Thing. Huh. To say that's, it simply. Yeah, so I, that's, I didn't that, know his origin. So that's why he kind of, like, softens up when someone says his name. It's like, oh. Like, just... So it's like, oh, someone knows, like, so that why that's why you see that like a little bit. Mm-hmm. One moment. See, uh, based on his character design, he kind of reminded me of Davy Jones from the Pirates of the Caribbean series with uh, the tentacles and stuff. Yeah. Kind of reminds me of that. So the monster is a friend of Jack's, and Jack is intending to rescue Ted. Jack tells Ted that he can't keep saving him, and Jack leaves Ted so he can carry out his rescue mission. And he runs into Elsa, who is hiding in a mausoleum. Uh, when, both... So what? when like, so when Jack when the arm comes out and like kind of like grabs Jack, and he's like realizes what it is, and he's like all excited. I'm like, aren't you supposed to be hunting this thing? And then yeah, we're like, like, oh, they're friends. Like, what the heck? What I is like, this? I, literally, my notes. I put they're friends. <laughs> Question mark. Yeah. Um, and we kind of figure out why they're friends later yeah. on. Plot twist. So they're both, Jack and Elsa are locked in the mausoleum from the inside, and they agree to work together to free Ted and obtain the bloodstone. Ted kills the first hunter that tried to kill Elsa before she got away. And Jack tries to destroy the outer wall, but the bomb isn't attaching to the wall. I thought that was kind of funny. Like, Jack kept throwing it out there at the wall, and then it kept falling down. He's like, oh, my God. I was like, this tension, I can't keep doing it. But uh, Ted killing the first hunter, we see his power, actually, and it's disintegrating. So if Man-Thing touches you and and senses fear, like some acid or something comes out. So. Hmm. I could be wrong, but I think that's what it is. Okay. So, yeah. So, like, that's why I said that, you, like... Uh, you will disintegrate. Like, you will be melted. Yeah. Basically. So, that's, that's why I said it, it can... Like, they don't have to be your enemies, per se. If they just have fear or something. That you can oh, like, if they hurt. fear? Man. Yeah, if they have to... 
Yeah, they have a like some the sense of fear in them at that moment. Yeah. Well, I'm screwed because yeah, that would be me. So like, if you're not fearful of him at all, it won't. His power won't hurt you. I, not exactly I guess, sure, but I think so. I guess that makes sense because um, Ted touches Jack and it doesn't hurt him. Yeah. So. So that could have been the first sign, like, oh, he doesn't fear okay. him. Okay, that makes sense. Now that I think about it. Yeah. So although the bomb isn't attaching to the wall, Jack is finally successful in destroying the wall. He, like, puts it in a crack before it, right before it's about to blow up. And Ted runs and flees into the forest, but not before Elsa removes the bloodstone from his upper back, which was kind of, it was hurting him, basically. Yeah. But when Jack tries to grab the bloodstone from the ground, it hurts him and throws him back, which can only mean one thing. Jack is a monster himself. Which is slightly hinted at the fact. So in the beginning, they mentioned their kill counts, like how many people they kill. And Jack's is apparently over 100. So that. Oh, I didn't catch that. It's like way higher than everyone else's. Okay. So it's like, okay. Uh, yeah. What is this guy doing? Because he. But so when you see all the hunters, you wouldn't think that Jack would have the highest amount of kills to their name. Mm hmm. So. And this is basically why uh, Ted or Jack was rescuing Ted because he, Jack himself is a monster, just like Ted. So he knows how uh, this is to be the monster. So, Verusa captures both Jack and Elsa and puts them in a cage. While in the cage, Jack says, I am a human, although not in the category that you would call a human a human. And he actually scratches himself while he does that. Oh, that's funny. Um, I kind of like that quote. So. I don't know if that was in the script or the actor just did that. That's mm -hmm. actually a good detail. I didn't even notice that. That's a cool little I thing. watched a breakdown. I, I waited to watch the a breakdown of it and I'm like uh, I can finally do it and they okay. pointed that out so it's a good one. <laughs> so Jack says that he transforms every full moon and the next one is in five days so there's nothing to worry about but Elsa is worried because the bloodstone is capable of transforming him in more like five seconds rather than five days when the full mm -hmm. moon happens so I get why she's worried so Jack starts viciously sniffing Elsa so that he can try and remember her, like, when he transforms. And so he knows who not to yes. attack, I think. Yeah, he knows, oh, this is someone I know. I should not attack this person. So she asks if it works. I would ask that question, too. And he replies with the fact that it has only worked once. So you can kind of guess... Oh, okay. Uh, that's not a very good probability, but okay. So Verusa uses, uses the bloodstone to trigger Jack's transformation into his werewolf form. And when he's transforming, I love that the camera zooms in on Elsa's terrified face as you see the shadow of behind her of Jack transforming into his werewolf form. No, that is a really good detail because you don't... It kind of gives don't, us... You won't get to see what he looks like in a werewolf form right away. And so it gives a little bit of suspense type of... Yeah, I, I thought that was a really cool detail that they did. So 
Jack, in his werewolf form, breaks the cage and escapes. I don't know why they thought he wouldn't escape. Uh, and he slaughters Verus's guards and other monster hunters. Uh, <laughs> for one of the hunters, he actually bites um, their ear off. Uh, did you notice that? Yeah. Just... Yeah. I was like, ooh, look at that. And I also love that blood is getting splattered on like the camera. I thought that was really cool. So Verusa subdues Jack by using the bloodstone as um, we kind of already learned that it can subdue slash hurt um, a monster's powers. Uh, that's why they put it on Ted during the hunt. And Elsa also escapes the cage and kills two of the remaining hunters and stops Verusa from killing Jack. Uh, Jack in his werewolf form attacks Elsa, but he remembers her, so he spares her and runs off without hurting her, yep. too. And this is why he was sniffing her beforehand. A, a furious Verosa tries to kill Elsa, but is incinerated by Ted. Ted just, he, he makes his way in. He comes down from the ceiling, makes his way in, and incinerates Verusa. I was like, let's go, Ted. Let's go. And he then leaves for to find Jack because Elsa's like, oh, he went that way. <laughs> They're friends now. And Elsa takes possession of the manor and the bloodstone. I don't know how the butler survived. Don't know how that happened. Yeah. Um, because it seemed like werewolf Jack was going after everyone. So I don't know how the butler survived, but... That's that. And the song Somewhere Over the Rainbow by Julie Garland starts playing as the screen slowly fades to color. And I was like, I absolutely love that because Wizard of Oz was the first film in color. Mm. Oh. <laughs> so I believe it. Uh, yeah, it's one, one of the first ones, but they, it's, I think it's reminiscent where like you see like it's more brownie in the first when you are in Kansas and was about and it's like the color and uh, then you go go do the color in yeah. Oz. Yeah, but I thought it was cool because in that movie it goes from the brown yeah. um, to, to color, color, and this one it's the same. It goes from black and white to color, and I thought that was really cool how they used that song. So the next day, Jack awakens in the forest in his human form while Ted is watching over him. Um, I, I thought it was a cute thing that Ted is playing cards as Jack wakes up. I don't know if you saw that. He was just playing cards. I was like, what are you playing, dude? What are you playing? Let me join. And Jack is relieved to learn that Elsa is safe and sound. The two are joking because this time Ted came to Jack's rescue instead of the other way around like every other time beforehand. Yeah. And the special ends with the end as a title card. Yeah. And it was like, I don't even know what font it was, but it rem like it felt like a font they used back in the day, like in older films. So that was Werewolf by Night. So what else? What I was going to say is that this is not actually the first um, project that the, I can't say the main actor's name, but the main actor and Jean, the, the director have worked on, worked on the same project. What have they worked on before? Coco. The, the main actor act Coco? Yes. Voicing Hector. 
in it. That's who voiced it. What? And an even more funny fun fact. So if you watch the stage for Remember Me at the Oscars, the person you see singing the more slower ballady type one that you hear that you see in the flashback being sung to the grand the great grandmother is actually the actor. Okay, um, I yeah. did not know that at yes, all. I, I just wanted to mention that because I thought that's so cool. I know, and I, I was looking up the actor's IMDb, and Werewolf by Night is not in his actor's portion for some reason. Yeah, it's not there. I don't well, know why. it's there soon. So I have a couple facts about this. What? Special. One, uh, the special was filmed in only 12 days, which I feel like is pretty fast for filming. N- yeah, that's... Well, think about it. It's about... No, yeah an hour long some movies are like an hour and a half and they take longer yeah so among also among the many creative reasons behind the use of the black and white filter in this film the main purpose was to obscure the blood and gore in order to avoid a tvma rating and that's actually a trick that other film projects have used and one I think that's most famously to have used that trick is Kill Bill because I think it was going to be rated rated high uh, higher and they got around it by doing that trick. Oh, interesting. Yeah. See, I've never seen so, the movie, so. I just saw it, think about it once. So you said you watched the breakdown. Was there anything from it that you had any takeaways you got from that? So one thing that they pointed out was, so typically so in like the top right corner that's like you can see this twice where it's like a little like circle whatever thing and it signifies going from act one to act two act two to act three which there's almost never an indicator of it you have to kind of like figure it out yourself when that's happening and you can see it you there's actually a physical indication of it huh i didn't know that anything else no. Do you know what you would rate this special? But um, probably I would probably a nine. Nine out of ten. Yeah. Any reasoning for that? I am right away. So you would do nine out of ten. What do you think I would rate it? Ten. Yes. You're correct. Um. Yeah. I loved the horror aspects of this special. I really love that. Um, and I think this is going to be like a yearly rewatch for me for the Halloween season. No, well, yeah, because it doesn't, other than the opening title card thing for Marvel, it doesn't, if you just showed it to someone without that. Yeah, if you without, like cut out. If you just show, showed the actual thing just from when, Pretty much when Jack shows up to the end, where it says the end, I don't think you would, would never know. This is Marvel. No, like, you would never so know. That's what's so nice about it. Even though it is the in the MCU. And I'm wondering when, like, when this takes place. Because yeah. at first, like, I was like, does this take, like, I think the main reason for this, for my thinking, is because of black and white filter. Then, like, oh, this takes place in the olden days. But it seems like it takes place in modern times. 
because of how Elsa dresses and at the end, the guards, not the monster hunters, but like the guards, what they're wearing, it kind of looks like what the DODC would wear. Yeah. Like security and stuff, the police. Uh, and so I'm like, this must be taking place like in current time, not like current times, but in modern times, like recently. So I'm just no. wondering, like, because it is in the MCU, we know it is. It's been confirmed. When this, when does this take place? And do you no. think we would ever see Man Thing slash Ted or Jack or even Elsa show up somewhere else? Yeah, possibly because like if they do a Midnight Sun, Midnight Suns type of thing, Jack would show back up because I think. Werewolf by Night's in it, in that group. And we already have yeah. the, like, a good, like, four of the six people already. Ooh. And there could okay, have wait. been two vampires, too. Okay, you said there are six people. What four do we have, and what two do we not have? I don't know the other two, but I think two, the four we have in it, because I have to look up Midnight Suns Well, I know more. it's Blade and Moon Knight. Blade, Moon Knight, Werewolf by Night, or Jack, and Dane Whitman. Dane from Whitman. Eternals. Yeah, him. Kit Harring- Kit Harrington's character. Oh, and okay. the and the so the post credit scene of well, one of the post credit scenes of Eternals, you see Dane Whitman have like getting the sword that's been in his family line or and he opens it and the voice says him like like, do you want to do that? Or so? Do you want to do that? And that's actually Marshall Ali's blade mm. off screen. And I was like, oh my gosh. Yep. I remember. And that was before we even know when Blade was going to come out. And I, I remember watching that. And I was like, there was a guy in my theater in front of me. And he literally got up, spoke to the whole theater. There weren't that many of us. And he was like, does anyone know who that was? And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> Don't ask me. That's I just good. know who um, Harry is. That's all I know. What? So, I thought about that that postcard scene. It was better that I knew about that than not knowing about that. I don't. I, yeah, because I, I don't know what my reaction would have been if I did not know. Either. It would have been like, oh my god, like, what the heck is happening? I mean, like, if we did not know that Harry Styles was going to be in that post-credit scene, I would just sat there like, is that? Is what? that Harry or am I? Because I feel like I would just be very confused and not even pay attention. I'd just be like, "Is that Harry Styles?" Because yes. I would be like, "Huh?" Well, it is. I mean, I wish I kind of didn't know before the movie came out, but can't no, do yeah, that was kind of that was kind of one of the weird. I mean, one thing I do wish was. So for the post credit scenes that they did this actually for Guardians Volume Two, where they have like they so for Eternals they would have had the second post credit scene, which is the one with Dane Whitman and Blade, have that one at the premiere and have the other one with Harry in theaters, like have that one in theaters because for um, Guardians Two, a guy tweeted out that oh. Lame fans are like, oh, there's four post-credit scenes or whatever. And James Gunn was like, no, there's actually five post-credit scenes. And I, the one I think they left out and the one that was like, was most likely the one that was going to get revealed was the one with 
one of the characters says, and I'm gonna name Adam, and you see like the cocoon thing, which is Adam Warlock. Okay, so, so I they wish have they done it before. So, no, yeah, they've had like post credit scenes for the premiere, but not all the post credit scenes. So I wish the yeah, things like true. that would happen because that's what like another movie that I wish they kind of would have done that for was Venom Two, where it was spoiled. And people somehow got audio recording of it and leaked it where of the post credit scene where it's revealed where they reveal something like very important and crazy and I knew about that before I saw the movie. So I wish like for special screenings and stuff they keep post credit scenes out of it and yeah. stuff where it doesn't get on the internet because that was the thing that a lot of people had issues with with what happened with the Eternals. Yeah. Because it, it got spoiled. Like that would have been a big shocking moment for the post credit yeah. scene was like why is this huge celebrity in this right now? Yeah, because literally the whole movie, I was like, I'm just waiting for Harry. No, yeah, that's the thing. Like, don't... Yeah, that that's a similar thing to another Marvel project where you say the character's in it, and then the character's not in it for, like, a long time. It's like... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Don't... Don't put... Like, they didn't put it in marketing. And that was another thing about that Marvel should have learned after... Doctor Strange where they kind of put too much in the marketing where people had so much expectations of what else was going to be in it people got disappointed with it yeah it's like they should have just kept it with the second trailer and ending it like that that's it you're right so that was our episode on werewolf by night we hope you enjoyed this episode if you did make sure to subscribe and rate and review the podcast it greatly helps us and we would really appreciate it you can find us on basically all social media platforms as film to screen and until next time see you at the movies